So welcome to Be Raw, the podcast where we share the voices of Black creators, Raleigh and Alep, unapologetically. Today I'm here with Charles J, designer and CEO of Urbane. Welcome, Charles. How you doing today? What up, what up, what up? That's good. How you feeling? How's your day been? Good. Just, just getting in from work. Um, about to start getting ready for this pop-up and this release next Sunday for the new items that are coming out. So just try and have tunnel vision and get everything done. That's what's up. Well, I'm happy to have you on B-Roll. I'm, like, so excited. And um, the first question I wanted to ask was, what is the backstory of how Irving was created? So at, um, at age two, I was diagnosed with a Wilms tumor. That's a uh, cancer of the kidney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went through chemotherapy and surgical removal of my right kidney. Um, oh, when wow. I Yeah, so I had, um, I've been a cancer survivor now for 20, going on 26 years. My birthday's actually on Sunday, too, so... Oh, that's dope. Yes, we celebrate. (laughs) Definitely. Um, But with me going through that experience and um, honestly just growing up, constantly being counted out and being an underdog, that's really Mm -hmm. what the uh, backstory is behind the brand. Um, When I, after I got my treatment, I was at Children's Hospital for about another three months. And every morning I woke up, I would go to the playroom and play with these building blocks. So that's the the concept behind the the color block logo. and then even like all the all, everything that's on the garments, the 93 that's on there, that's the year I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, mm-hmm. The cancer ribbon, of course, is always relevant. Um, the colors are at times symbolic of different types of cancer. Like I've had my aunt pass from breast cancer. My other one mm-hmm. passed away from lymphoma. So I, I've been around the block when it's uh, been dealing with cancer as far as uh, with myself or with family members or close friends who I have close friends who actually defeated cancer. So it's, um, it's not necessarily a cancer survivor apparel line. It's more mm-hmm. so just like me being a designer and really just tying my story into the, into the garments uh, right. kind of thing. Um, I, growing up, I always kind of been in the fashion. Um, I wouldn't even say I've been in the fashion. I've been more so just in a personal style where mm-hmm. I just, I like what I like. And I just kind of like wear stuff with a lot of confidence because I don't really care what other people have to say about it. Um, and I feel like that kind of lives through my brand as well. But when I was in college, I was doing a lot of graphic design and web design stuff for um, a lot of the kids in school, whether they were artists, photographers, models, or whatever. I was doing their logos, websites, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. when I got out, when I graduated from college in 2015, I was just like, yo, I want to start something for myself. And in right. college, in college, I was the dude that was coming to them 8 a.m. Friday classes with blazers and bow ties on. So um, <laughs> you was coming just yeah, there. Like, exactly. Yeah, I'm, here. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for real. <laughs> definitely. Not so much more. But yeah, definitely. Uh, back then, I was like always trying to get dressed and just love putting different types of stuff together as far as like different fabrics and different pieces and stuff like that. Um, so that's what kind of transitioned me into the fashion industry and being able to do graphic design and web design. That's a that's a good marketing background because now I'm able to develop tech packs and digital versions of products before I even get them made. And that's that was really like the backbone of the brand right now is me being able to do that because right. having to outsource that and pay somebody to make digital tech packs and stuff like that. That's a huge cost. And I do all that stuff in house now. So. That's dope. That's super dope. Well, I um, that's just great to hear your story. I was just like, wow, damn, I wasn't really expecting it because <laughs> I, I just wasn't ready. Like, I kind of knew, but then, like, I don't like making assumptions. And I right. just, you never know. You don't know anybody's life. And my uh, grandmother, she had breast cancer. And I never got wow. to meet her. So she passed when um, my mom was, like, 18. So, like, 
we always would do the uh, breast cancer walk every year in Philly, just as a family, mm-hmm. just to, you know, celebrate her memory. So, like, I definitely celebrate you, because that's a big, big, just, like, I wouldn't even say, like, I mean, yeah, like, an accomplishment. That's a big-ass accomplishment, like, to still be here, because, you know, shit could be, you know, shit could be another way. Definitely. Um, so, that's a big-ass accomplishment. Yeah. Where did the name Irving originate from? So, when, when I started the brand, I that's when Urban Streetwear was like really, really on the on the must of like becoming super, super, super um, notarized in the fashion industry. Uh, it was kind of mm-hmm. like a huge shift in the culture where Urban Streetwear was really coming back like it did in the '90s, kind of thing. Um, so I really wanted to find a name that symbolized everything that I wanted for the brand. So uh, I did some research and was just kind of just stumbled across the word urbane. And when I heard it, it just sounded like an ele- elevated version of urban fa- urban streetwear or urban fashion. Yeah. Um, so when I actually uh, looked at the definition, the definition is the reflection of elegance or sophistication through expression. And with, my, with my expression being fashion and me wanting it to have an elevated look or um, to be in that higher realm of fashion, not like the fashion over and pretty little thing. I wanted to be more <laughs> so on a Ralph Lauren, Jeremy right. Scott, Virgil Abloh type of level and that's just the way that I, I thought about it from the rip and how I even approached that after I came up with the name um, I didn't even come up with the logo until about a year and a half in when I built a collection mm-hmm. around that whole concept um, but even with um, just being a designer in general like there's a lot of things that you go through in your journey that really defines you as who you are as a designer and mm-hmm. with me defeating cancer um going through a lot of the things that I went through when I was younger um and being able to use that as a testimony for my story for my brand that just shows that I like I, I have a huge definition of defined definition of what my why is and I'm not just putting my product or my name on clothes like I really try to hide the name Urbane and a lot of people say like yo why don't you just put Urbane on the front of a shirt and for me it, it's because I don't want to be seen as a a Michael Kors of the fashion industry where you have right. to see where you have to see my name to know that the garment is mine. I'd rather you look at the garment and be like, yo, that has to be Urbane versus mm-hmm. seeing the name and being like, okay, yeah, that's Urbane. And I see a lot of, I mean, and it's no shade to any other designers that do that. I mean, everybody has their preference and everybody has their way that they want to build their brand. And mm-hmm. I test it and I never disrespect um, any other brand or I never discredit anybody's bag, but I mean, it's just the way that I go about my process, which I feel is like a little bit different than a lot of other people. Yeah, I agree. I think I definitely agree with that. I mean, you're just doing what works for you and what works best, you know, for your vision at the end of the day. So you're going to execute it the way you see fit. And I feel like sometimes like people get caught up in trying to like be like everybody else. And it's like, no, like do your own thing. Do like create your own lane. You don't got to follow the like the same lanes. Like, yeah, that's this. And it's it, the thing is though it's, it's it's a real difficult thing to do because um, it all comes back to self awareness. If, right. if you don't if you don't know who you are or what you're aspiring to be, um, you're gonna test the waters and you're gonna try to to, to figure out who you want to be or who you are. And with the the pressure of the fashion industry, the pressure of social media, um, sometimes your ideas can become conformed to what is gonna translate to a sale. And right. th- that's nothing wrong with that. Some people are in fashion design to make money and that's cool. And I, I know a, a lot of people who are um, 
in it to make money. But then there are people who are just in it for the design and the creative aspect of it, which over time you kind of can see the difference between the two. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of pressure on it with, with the fashion industry too, is because we want to be accepted um, by everyone. Right. We want um, creatively, we want to satisfy everyone, and that's really how I came up with the concept of not for everybody. Um, I came up with the slogan about a year, a year and some change ago. I had no idea what product it was going to be on. Um, I didn't know the, how the typography was going to look or anything like that. I kind of just came up with the slogan, and I was like, "All right, let me sit on this for a little bit until I really figure out the true meaning behind it." Right. So. Um, the first meaning that comes to mind, of course, is not for everybody. That's that's Charles J being cocky again and telling everybody that they can't rock his brand. Cool. <laughs> that's the initial reaction. And I'm OK with that. Um, one thing I have learned, even with that first reaction, is a lot of times people will push their insecurities onto you. And exactly. the moment that they see something that might they might receive it that way, where it's like you're being cocky, but it also just speaks on to what insecurities they have within themselves. Like right. I, I've always been a person that's been super confident in whatever I do. And I'm never going to boast about being the best, but I'm going to be the best me that I'm going to be. And exactly. nobody can put a value, a time frame, or anything like that on my name. Like you can't, I can, I'm the only one that can put the value to my name. Nobody else can. And I feel like with the fashion industry, we get so caught up in trying to get that, that, uh, that cosign or trying to get that cover on Vogue. And we, in the midst of that, uh, lose lose ourselves in the midst of that trying to chase that thing that in mm-hmm. all actuality it doesn't mean anything like I, my brand is not saying my brand is super successful because I'm still working out kinks day to day and financially we're still figuring things out but um, like we've been featured on Essence with DJ Diamond Cuts I've been featured in Me Feeder Magazine Huffington Post we were right. featured in a Michael Kors ad earlier this year for um, a plus size model that wore one of our garments to the Michael Kors release event um like like I've gotten some notoriety in the industry and for me it just it it doesn't really do anything for me as soon as I get a text or an email saying hey you've been featured in this it's kind of for me like what's next it's not a matter of oh let me let me celebrate this like nah like I I want full creative control and be able to do whatever I want whenever I want and until I get that I don't think I'm ever really going to be satisfied and it's not even a matter of having like a million dollars in the bank it's just more so like yo when I can wake up and design and create full-time right like I'm only this is me working part-time and developing what I have already and I just this know ain't that even me at full throttle like this right. y'all ain't Definitely. even really y'all don't even really dig like this ain't yeah I didn't do anything yet for real yeah and that's how and that's how I approach it that's how I approach everything in my process like the moment that something pops off or something dope happens I'm like all right cool I'll celebrate for my minute minute and a half but yo what's next mm-hmm. like what we got to do next and um, with the fashion industry, the pressure is on to get the features, is to get the cosigns from the artists or the celebrities or get your products mm-hmm. on the person that's most popping. And that's cool. But at the end of the day, if you get a jacket on Fab or somebody that's popping, yeah, could you do a decent amount of money in a short time frame? Of course. But where are you going to be two, three years from now? Is your brand going to be reliant on the influencers? And when you don't have those influencers anymore, how is your brand going to function? And that's why with me, I'm like, yo, I just want to be so organic. Like, right. whatever happens, a lot of my placements, like even the Essence magazine, I mean, the Essence uh, website feature, like, that was all organic. That was just a stylist reaching out saying, like, yo, that's dope. Or DJ Diamond cuts hit me up, like, yo, that shirt's fire. And, like, kind of just connecting the dot and building that relationship. 
Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the placement that I've paid for, it hasn't even really been that beneficial. Like I, I've paid for posts. I'm not going to sit here and lie like I haven't. Um, mm-hmm. Do I feel great about doing that? No, I don't because that I feel like I have to pay somebody to really genuinely fuck with my brand. And um, but then again, sometimes that's a gateway for you to just be able to build that relationship from the initial transaction. So right. I mean, it's just it's a lot of like ping pong is back and forth constant like you're constantly trying to find ways to, to elevate the brand and and reach more people and it's, it's at times it can be mentally draining mm-hmm. yeah and that was definitely a question I had like how like what are the struggles that you face you know as a, 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 a designer and a CEO because you like are kind of doing everything on your own so it's like with not having a team built all the way yet like how difficult has that been um it's been extremely difficult. Um, my thing is, and this is something that I had to come into realization with. Um, I listen to Gary Vee a lot, and this is, these are things that he says. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about getting people to buy into your dream, and nobody's ever going to give you a hundred or a hundred and ten percent of your dream. You can't expect that from anybody else. And I think as business owners and as people, um, even outside of just being a fashion designer, us as people, we we really want people to be bought into whatever we're trying to pursue but we don't take the time to step back and be like okay how is it beneficial for this person for them to for me to put the standard up yo I need you to elevate to this level I need you to work at this level for my dream but how is it going to benefit them and how is it going to make them want to pursue their dreams as well and that's really where I've been trying to figure out how I can build a team based off of how can I help them get to where they want to go versus how can they help me get to where I want to go um and like I, I haven't had a team since day one. I, I've linked up with a photographer named Rue Castro, arguably probably one of the best photographers in uh, the city of Philadelphia in my eyes, and one of the mm-hmm. best photographers in the country. Um, and he's been bought into the vision from day one. He reached out to me and was like, "Listen, I don't feel like you're shooting your brand the right way, and I feel oh. like it could be yeah." And like most people would have took that as like disrespect, like, "Oh nah, like you you trying to come for the brand," but I honestly took it as like. Okay, no, you that was that. coming from my place of love at the end of yeah. the day. He like, like no, I, yeah. I see the vision and I want to help you elevate like facts the vision. And yeah, like even linking up with him, I literally after doing one photo shoot, it transformed the brand. Like I was so stuck in an urban streetwear realm, and then I mm-hmm. linked up with Rue, and it was like boom, like we going straight high fashion now. Like that's the that's that's the aesthetic that we're going for. We want an elevated look, and that's what we were able to produce. And um, Rue actually came on; he's now part of the team uh like fully on the team um I linked up with a PR agent uh earlier this year uh her name is Christine she's really really dope um Mm -hmm. so she's helping push the brand as well but we're all kind of just like still in the beginning stages of building our own brands that whatever we do is beneficial like if my brand blows Christine has a client that is doing a lot or Rue has a a fashion brand that he works with that's that's uh, exploded that's going to help elevate his brand too but then on the flip side if Rue blows up then my brand is working with Rue so it's kind of like I mean the biggest thing with, with dealing with people and trying to build a team is you got to figure out how you can add value and how other right. people can add value to each other once you come down to that conclusion where how everybody can add value to each other then it's easy to build a team but when I've built something over the past three years solely by myself um it's hard to give people a piece of that pie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, just because like you look at it like, yo, this is my kid. This is my child. This is my baby. Like, I don't want to give this away to anybody. But as a business owner, sometimes you got to take a step back and just be like, because um, the creative side in us always wants control. Like, it's just right. that's that's how it is. And for me, it was like, yo, I got to take a step back and really learn how to run a business versus just being a creative. Because if I keep trying to be a creative all the time, I'm going to run the business into the ground because I'm going to constantly want to keep putting designs out and not have any type of structure. And boom, the brand's going to fail eventually. Right, so, exactly. Um, that was a big realization for me, just taking a step back and learning how to run a business. Well, that's dope. It's dope that you even got to that point because I feel like a, a lot of creatives kind of get stuck in that part, just wanting to create, 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 but with no foundation, no structure, no plan, like nothing. Like nothing is established and then they're just stuck and just kind of going in a consistent cycle in a way. And right. it's like, if that's not how you're going to grow. Yeah, uh, another definitely. question I had was how important, because the release, like I'm excited for the release. I was like, not for everybody. Fuck yeah, like <laughs> I vibed with that. Like initially, like my my first reaction wasn't, oh, he kind of like I don't even know you, so I'm just like, well, know you like that. So I'm just like, man, I mean, that's 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 the vibe though. I'm not for everybody. I'm my own person. Right. So how important is the release to you? Um, to me, I feel like this is like a coming out party for me. Um, I've put four years into the brand and just seeing like a glimpse of where it can go like my motor is just on a different it's on a different level now Mm -hmm. and with the whole concept of like not for everybody that I touched on before like coming up with these different meanings for what it what it can mean the beautiful thing about coming up with a slogan is art is perception based so everybody's going to have a different perception of what it may mean like somebody might think oh Charles is cocky he's saying that the brand is not for everybody. Cool. That's the first one. Boom. The second one might be your creative process or the struggles and trials and tribulations that you've been through. You might feel like everybody's not built for that. So then that's not for everybody. Um, but then like a third meaning could be um, as a creative, we try to create to please everybody, the masses. We want to, we want to, we want to cater to the masses. We want everybody to love us, but in all actuality, that's us setting us up for failure because that's giving us unrealistic expectations for mm-hmm. every person that for every one person that loves your brand or loves your work. It might be three people that hate it. And that's something that I had to even realize because I used to get upset at times where like I felt like a piece was really dope to me, but it wasn't moving the way that I thought it was going to move. But right. I also had to take a step back and understand like, yo, maybe it's not that maybe it's a bad product. It might just not be the right time type thing so right the whole thing with not for everybody it's really like yo i want people to just internalize that message and really figure out what it means to them i agree i, I fuck with that i fuck with that a lot i'm like super excited you seem to be like branching out because like i saw you like have a fast man i'm like all right so we're not doing this fashion <laughs> no more we getting into lifestyle and i'm like well i'm i want that bath man so i'm like okay so is that what you're going to like is that what you're planning to do is like branch out and to do like lifestyle products as well um, I mean, in, in all actuality, Urbane is really a, a lifestyle brand. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't done, I haven't done the best job um, putting out the lifestyle um, and how it should be perceived. Like, for instance, you see Ralph Lauren, um, their photo shoots or their content is based on an elevated fashion look. Um, they're dealing with polo horses and they're really trying to give you that high end aesthetic. Um, yeah, I don't I don't feel like I've done an amazing job at that um, because like. It, when it comes down to even like doing photo shoots and doing shoots with um, 
like designer pieces. Like we did a shoot last fall and I had grabbed a pair of Jeffrey Campbell's and we did a photo shoot um, with the shoes on with the, with the new products. And Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Campbell was like all over the Instagram posts, like liking all of the pictures from the posts and all of that. So um, I think that's something that we kind of got us that the brand kind of has to start doing too, is really trying to implement these other dope high-end brands and really seeing how, um, we can really make the lifestyle of the brand come to life. Um, Cause I can talk luxury, I can talk quality and I can talk quality to my face is blue. But at the end of the day, if nobody else is justifying that the quality is that great, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of like where the focus is at now is moving more to, into that lifestyle because I want people to be able to buy into um, the story behind the brand and not even just from a cancer survivor standpoint, but just more so about just being resilient and being yes. a fighter and, and never giving up. Like I, I've, I've, I don't study fashion designers. I know this is going to sound really, really weird. Like I don't study fashion designers based on their fashion. I mm-hmm. study it based on their business models and, um, That's smart, and, though. and yeah, and things that they went through because I look at it like this, right? If you don't have, if you don't have tunnel vision and you start looking at other designers um, and their garments and stuff like that, you're going to start to create, what you see right so that's why I literally have the blinders on and I always have tunnel vision when it comes to looking at other designers I'm only looking at your business model to see how I can what I can take from that and make it uh work for my brand in a sense so like for instance earlier this year um I was doing research on um Rue actually came up with the idea to drop more consistently because I'll go like I'll drop something and I'll go two or three months without anything and that kind of kills the traction that I've been able to get over the past couple months because with mm-hmm. social media the world's moving so fast now um so Montclair actually dropped a um new business model earlier this year it's called Genius a lot of people don't know about it yet but um basically what they did was they brought on 12 different designers right so mm-hmm. there's 12 there's 12 months in a year you got 12 designers they drop a new collection every month oh that's so, cool Right. But what it does is it allows them to concentrate their content based on those products specifically or that collection that's dropping and they give it a month window. So it might be from September 1st to October 1st. The product drops on the 15th of September, but they're promoting from uh, September 1st to October 1st. And then once October 1st hits, they transition to the newer collection that's going to release on October 15th. And it's really just kind of like get you on a schedule where like, okay, we know we got to do boom, 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 boom. And it drops on the 15th. And then we got two more weeks of promo. And then, boom, we move to the next collection. And what it does, too, is it adds into the exclusivity aspect because now a lot of brands aren't making as many units as they used to. Like, instead of getting 100,000 units, they might only be getting 10,000 units because nobody likes to sit on inventory. And with the way that how fast fashion is, it's like you constantly got to be creating to to be relevant in the fashion world. If you go two, three months without creating something, like, you might lose everything that you took two years to build. And that was really the the takeaway that I took from the whole genius concept. And we started implementing that for the, for our brand. And this will be the first release that um, tailors to that business model. Um, mm-hmm. Even down to like everything on social media, as you can see, everything is pretty much in black. Um, yep. So, and it's focused on those four, those four products. And there's another product that's actually going to release that I haven't even sent, showed any pictures of yet. Uh, it's going to be a pair of sweatpants. Um, black sweatpants that have the color blocks going up and down the side but that's something that I'm putting on hold and just going to drop probably at the pop-up I might release a picture or two from a photo shoot on Saturday Friday Saturday but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go crazy hard with the promo for that because I really want that to be something that 
people get to the pop-up and they're like, yo, I didn't even really see these, but these, these is crazy. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of B-Raw the Podcast. If you're enjoying today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, leave me a review, and keep on listening. Right, because they're going to be, they going to walk in and be like, wait, hold up, he ain't post this, like, yeah. he got sweatpants, and that's just going to be another vibe. And yeah. that's crazy, because the next question I was going to ask you was, did you have any more, like, drops or, like, collections planned for the rest of the year, or just yeah. going into 2020? Yeah, so I'm I'm straying straight I'm straying away from collections. I don't I don't find a purpose in dropping a whole collection. I think mm-hmm. it's a I think it's a waste of time. I think it's a waste of effort. It's a waste of creativity. For me to go and release ten to twelve pieces right now, I don't feel like that would be anything that'd be beneficial for the brand. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, the I want the brand to be really exclusive, and I really want people to to when stuff drops, I really want them to be on it like on a supreme type level. But mm-hmm. um, staying consistent with my quality um, is the biggest thing for me. And the whole idea of having collections, like last year I dropped a full collection. It was like a four or five piece capsule collection. Um, What I'm actually doing is I'm taking that four or five piece capsule and I'm going to add four to five garments to that collection. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try to show that whole collection next spring for fashion week. Oh yeah. That's going to be dope. Yeah. So like there are pieces like the poncho, the uh, striped rugby shirt, um yep. the anor- the anorak sets i got like some crop trousers and some other stuff that i'm going to be adding to that as well um and that will be like a collection that's strictly for runway like that's a runway collection that i want to just show runway and then pitch to like a nordstrom Saks fifth like type deal um right. all the other stuff that i'm be releasing in between is not necessarily going to be part of a collection it might just be like a not for everybody crew neck drop in on the, the september 15th but then we might just drop a new colorway on October 15th. And it kind of just keeps stuff consistent with us consistently dropping stuff. So um, that's really the route that we're going. Like I'm looking to drop the 15th of every month for the next six months. And we're just going to test it out and see how it goes. I think it's going to do really, really well. Um, I think so too. It's going to be something different than what our consumers have seen. And um, just the influx of product is going to be kind of dope. Um, and have different variety of products too. Like I got a beanie that I'm working on right now. Oh, black I love and, beanies. Yeah. So uh, the, the beanie is fire. Um, so just working out some final kinks with that. Mm-hmm. Next spring, I'm going to be dropping a collab with 4-7. Um, so 4-7 is a, a hat company that manufactures. Um, they're the biggest dad hat manufacturing company in the world right now. They have oh, all the sure. NBA, they have all the NBA licenses, um, MLB licenses, college licenses, and all of that. They've done collabs with brands and stuff like that. Um, so I've reached out to them earlier this year um, because I've been huge lately on just working smarter and not harder. So mm-hmm. um, for me, it's like if there's a brand or a company that has mastered something, why would I try to go um, in my own way and try to continue to create products when I could just work with them to help develop the highest quality product possible? Like, um they mastered the dad cap. So it's like for me to go and get something manufactured with them, but also do it as a collab to where their brand is going to be stamped on the hat as well. That's just going to add a different aesthetic to the brand in general. Right. Um, so it'll be like an exclusive release for the four, seven uh, dad cap, dad hat um, collab. It might be, we release a different dad hat, like once every two to three months, uh, we might do it based on like the cancer um, awareness month. So like, mm, if, for, instance, mm-hmm. for like, next not this october but for like next october we might do a collab with four seven that we drop a pink dad cap 
for breast cancer. Um, and I'm just really trying to get back to the whole reason of why I started in the first place. And right. um, we're starting to really uh, dive into the social responsibility aspect. We're going to start giving back to like uh, childhood cancer survivors and really trying to grant their one of their wishes so that Aww. they can see that anything is possible. Because when I was younger, I had, um, after I defeated cancer, they um, make a wish foundation granted my family to um, Disney world, took all of us, sent us all to Disney world. And that oh, was something, so yeah. And that was something that really just changed a lot of things in my life as far as perspective. And I mean, granted, I was only six, but it just showed me that yo, really anything is possible at that point. Yeah, exactly. Definitely, that's really dope. I'm really excited, and I like, I love that everything you make. I love. So I'm just like, <laughs> yes, I can't wait. Like, I'm just like, I'm totally here for it. Um, another question I had is, is it hard as a designer to like stay on brand because like I know you're a creative, like you. I'm pretty sure you do other creative things. So is it hard sometimes like to dabble in the other creative aspects? Um, I'm getting to, so before I even started Urbane, I started something called Avenue Black. Um, I remember that. And what, what Avenue Black, um, what the goal for Avenue Black was, it, it was to be a consulting company that helped other brands elevate their, um, elevate their brands and get a higher quality product. Um, mm -hmm. So, my thought process from the beginning was I started with Avenue Black and I was like, oh, I got to have a testimony. I got to be able to show people what I can, what I can help them develop. And that's mm -hmm. really what Urbane is. Urbane is really my testimony for what I can help somebody else try to develop. Um, so Avenue Black will be kicking off full force over the next probably like six months. I started um, working with some artists to help them develop their merch because I feel like there's a huge opportunity with music artists and um, capitalizing on their audiences. Um, so I started working with one to two artists right now where I'm going to start developing their merch and showing them how to make money um, off their merch so that they mm -hmm. can have money for studio time and to do their tours and all of that. So um, my biggest thing is just trying to help people and really just put things in perspective for people like for me to hold the knowledge in that I've gained over the last four years. That's selfish. Um, right. I mean, granted, I'm not going to hand anybody my resources. I'm not going to tell somebody like, yo, this is my manufacturer. But I will walk you step by step how to go through the process of finding a manufacturer, how to right. communicate with them, um, what to expect um, when you're having conversations with them. Because a lot of manufacturers, they'll try to fuck you over if you don't know what you're talking about. And of course, that's why they're like, oh, you coming in blinded? OK, right. like I'm so like, just uh, running all type of game. Exactly. So like a price might be higher for you than it, than it would be high than it would be for me, because I know mm -hmm. exactly how much every 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 part of the process. I know exactly how much it should cost. And um, that's part of the reason why the brand is being going to be able to be successful is because I understand that the, the relationship side of everything and building the strong relationships with the manufacturers, even though there might be language barriers or um, time different. Like it's a 12 hour time difference between here and China. So I'm up at right. three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, having those conversations. And um, yeah, and it's just about honestly just owning up to your craft. Like if you really want to do something, you really pursue it man do it your way don't worry about how other people have done it and that's that's what I've been doing since day one I've been just going along and figuring it out and staying true to my vision like there's not anybody in the world that's going to try to get me to change anything that I've done like there's designs that I've released that haven't sold there's designs that I've sold that I've released that sold out and right. that's just the that's just a part of being a creative but as long as the product is to the quality level that I need it to be I'm 100% satisfied. Like this crew neck took me almost three months to, to make. Mm -hmm. And 
to see it you come can tell from, though just by the quality through the picture like you honestly can tell like this is like some exclusive like this is not a regular crew neck this ain't like a regular joint you got from like h&m like this right. is good quality like you can tell just through the like the branding the way y'all been branding it's on point and the thing is too is a lot of things that i like listen like i said i don't throw shade to nobody everybody has their own process and what they do there's people who just grab wholesale blanks and screen print yep. on them like there's people that do all of that and that's just not that's just not something that i wanted for my brand since day one and i literally went cut and sew from the rip like i didn't do any wholesale stuff mm-hmm. i did release one wholesale hoodie um, this was like three years ago, just to see if people would see the difference. But I just used a wholesale brand that nobody else was using. So mm-hmm. um, it was called Authentic Pigment. Like nobody even, it, it, it's like a subsidiary of Gildan. Like, but the, the uh, quality okay. of the fabric is just, it's a higher end quality part and the price is a little bit higher. But I did that and I like, I did some heat press numbers on the back that were like super oversized. I did Urbane, like really huge on the front. But I did a limited run just to see how consumers would react to it. And the average consumer can't tell the difference between whether it's something wholesale or it's cut and sew. And mm-hmm. what I've realized in being in the industry is probably about 70% or 65% of the industry is wholesale. Like people aren't cut and sew because the risk is so high with cut and sew. Because you got to get the fabric. You got to get the fit right. Right. Um, the different types of applications all of that, like everything has to be on point. And if it's not, you putting out $3,000, $4,000 for an order, you and you might not get your bread back. And that's the, that's the risk that you, that you go along with, with doing cut and sew. And that's what I try to tell people all the time is you, to do cut and sew, you're going to need a significant amount of money to put up because you got, they have MOQs, which are minimum order quantities. Like I can't go mm-hmm. to my manufacturer and order 10 shirts. I'm ordering at least 50 or a hundred. Like it, it ain't no, Yo, just let me get 15 shirts so I can move them real quick and then re-up and flip it. Like, nah, Right, like this ain't that. Like, yeah. this is a whole, like... Yeah, like, and if, I mean, if people... if Yeah, like, if people need it from, like, a more realistic perspective, that's like somebody looking to sell weed, but you starting out and you got to buy a pound before you buy an eighth. Right. Like, that's that's the same concept with cut and sew. It's like, yo, you got you got to put this stuff out. And, I mean, for me, being being fully custom is literally the greatest feeling in the world. My manufacturer will try to tell me that they can't do something, and I'll tell them, like, no, you can do it. Just try it. Like, the the rugby shirt from last year, um, mm-hmm. they were saying how the 93 can't be printed digitally on the back six, in six different colors on top of each other, on top of the stripes. And I was like, listen, just try it. I'm telling you it's going to work. And they ended up doing it, and it came out phenomenal. And they thanked me after that process. They were like, hey, listen, we didn't think we were going to be able to do it, but we did it. It came out great. Everyone in the factory loves the design and you've been able to teach us something that right. we can use with our other clients. And that's the biggest thing I talk about with adding value is with my manufacturer, I challenge them because not only for my for my benefit, but I challenge them because the moment that they gain value from me, that's building trust in the relationship. Exactly. Exactly. It really is though, because now they can take what they what you taught them take it to their clients and that's just building like a really strong relationship foundation and the fact that you you're able to think that way or even be that way because a lot of people aren't that I would feel like giving when it comes to knowledge even though I feel like I personally feel like we all should be because we all are like students and teachers and a lot of people aren't like that 
and that's really dope that you are. And that was, you know, perfect way to end the podcast. I only have one more question. It's just the question I ask everybody, and it's just, what does be raw mean to you? Be raw just means be genuine, be real, uh, be authentic, um, be true to yourself, be true in your process. Um, like that's what that's what if you really break it down, that's what the word raw is. It's it's just organic. It's not yep. it's not cooked. It's not sauteed. It's not seasoned. It's it's just I mean it's fresh out the package and real. And that's that's something that I know that the brand can that my brand can definitely attest to is just yo like we just I just want to be or as organic as possible. I don't I don't want the the accolades. All of that stuff is cool, but bro, I just want to deliver a fire ass product and give you a fire ass story behind the product. And if you can relate to it, cool. If you can't, you gonna respect the process at least. Right. Exactly. And I know I definitely just gained. <clears throat> excuse me, y'all, because I'm sick. Um, but I definitely <laughs> just gained like a whole like new level of respect for the brand. Just um, you as a person, Charles, because that really like I just you know that's why I love doing like the podcast and doing what I do, just getting to know people because you really don't know someone's story until you sit down and like really take the time to like just ask a few questions just really get to know them on a personal level and i feel like a lot of people don't do that these days especially mm. with social media because everything is just through a phone like Man, people don't just it's like it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> yeah it's really it's really crazy because the thing that i see all the time is people like when i when people interact with me over social media they i don't i don't know what the what the initial thought of them is maybe when they see me i don't know like even with the not for everybody thing like People have been calling, people have called me cocky and arrogant my whole life. Like, it is mm-hmm. what it is. And I don't, it, it might just be based on their insecurities. It might just be because, I don't know, like, I just don't, I just really don't care what anybody has to say about me. I don't care what right. anybody thinks. Like, at the end of the day, like, I'm going to do me. And if you like it, cool. And if you don't, you don't. But um, with all that being said, it's just like, really just be true to yourself and and stick to your guns like have tunnel vision them yes men that's around you get rid of them you don't need them because the people that's just telling you yes 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 they don't want you to grow like there's people i send my designs out to i got like a team of like three or four people that i just send designs out to some of them are into fashion some of them don't even care about fashion because i like to get different perspectives and they'll tell me if something is dope or if something or they think something is corny like Granted, is that going to change me putting out the product or not putting it out? No, but it's just going to be give me a different perspective from a possible consumer of what they might right. think of the product. Um, but yeah, man, it's just it's social media is just a, it's a real thing. It's a real disease, honestly. It really, it really. I get is. caught up in it sometimes. Like I can't even hold you. It's times where I see other brands like going crazy, and I'm like, yo, like. You feel like you got to shit and you like, hey, like, all right, like, I know I'm going ham, but, like, what's right. up? And it's, like, you just got to, like, stay true, like you said, just stay true to yourself and stay true to your vision because at the end of the day, your process is your process and you're going to get there regardless. Like, who knows what they did to get there, but you know you're going to get there based off of what you're doing. It's just, I think people get so caught up on, on the timeline. Like, they're like, yo, yeah, by, this, by this age or by this time or in two years, I got to be here, I got to be there, but, like, Yo, it's cool to have a plan. And this is something that one of my old heads told me probably like two months ago. He was like, yo, it's awesome to have a plan. Like, it's amazing to have a plan. But just know that the plan is never going to go as you first thought it would. It's always going to be adjustments. Like, that's life. Like, you might be in school and then 
you get hit with a term bill that you got to pay in two weeks. Like you just got to figure it out. And like, I've been in that, I've been in that position before where I had to pay $2,000 for a term bill in two weeks or I wouldn't be able to play basketball this season. Like it's, it's just small stuff like that, that just honestly added to the, to the story. But it just made me so resilient that even two years ago I had, or last year I went seven months with no product because all my money was tied up in China and they delayed my production for seven months. Ooh. Most people, most people would have just been like, yo, like I'm done. Like, fuck that. Like, I'm not, this is too much for me. I was like, yo, like my first month I went into depression and then I got out and was like, yo, I got to find another manufacturer. So I ended up right. finding another manufacturer and then boom, November, I dropped that other collection that was better than anything else that I've dropped before. So where the thing, the difference is between people that make it and people that don't, you can say it's hard work. You can say it's talent, but it's really, you just not giving up. Like exactly, that's you gotta keep that motivation. Like, you gotta persevere. Like you gotta really fight through that shit. Like if this is something you want, you gotta like. Cause I definitely felt the same way about the podcast. I'm like, listen, I'm about to just say fuck this. I ain't about to do this shit. Right. Ain't nobody gonna listen. Da, da, da. And I'm just like, no, this is my baby. Like I'm gonna fucking do this shit. Like regardless, right. I don't care if I got one listen. I'm gonna do this. And people just get caught up in like, like I said, people get caught up in the time frame. So like, mm-hmm. for me. I don't, if I got to put 10 years in before this thing blow, cool. I'm I'm here for that because I, I love what I do and I enjoy my process. But it's people who don't enjoy their process that right. they put it like, man, I got to make it in two years or I'm done. Like, nah, like, yo, like it's people. I look at Virgil, like Virgil, how old is Virgil? How old was Jeremy Scott when he finally like, there's, a, there's one, there's like a 0.2% that really like go crazy in their early 20s. Like crazy most of the people that that flourish are late 20s early 30s damn near 40 like right and it's like just don't get so caught up in the time frame like yeah you might be like i'm about to turn 28 i'm only four Mm -hmm. years in there's people who have been designing for 15 20 years that haven't even caught a break yet like i gotta put my time in Right, and I respect that, and you definitely put in the fucking time, man. I really appreciate you for coming on, and then just share your social media. Where can we follow you? How can we keep up? Well, you know, we need all the information. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, the IG is urbane.us, U-R-B-A-N-E.us. The website is urbaneclothing.us, so it's U-R-B-A-N-E clothing, C-L-O-T-H-I-N-G.us. Um, I got my personal IG, which is at the Charles J. So that's T H E C H R L E S J A Y. Um, I'll be coming out with a, a text messaging blast platform um, soon. Um, I'm linking up with one of my boys, Deb Dooley, and um, his mentor Ryan Leslie to hop on the Superphone app um, to start just directly getting in touch with people who really, really enjoy the brand and um, being able to converse and uh, sell through text message. So. It's gonna be a that's uh, dope. dope. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole like that's decent. We're going to have you back because I'm gonna have to, <laughs> like get the information on that. Well, thank you so you. much again for coming on. I really appreciate it. You have a good night, yeah, and I'll dope. see y'all on the next episode of Be Raw. <laughs>